Welcome to Terrograms. In this dispatch, we are joined by Gabriela Kiefer, who founded Bureau Kiefer, a landscape architecture studio in Berlin in 1989. Ms. Kiefer studied landscape planning at the Berlin Technical University, after which she worked as a research assistant, and then in 2002 was appointed professor. Her studio has made work all over Germany and throughout much of Europe. She was a finalist in Barcelona's 5th Biennale of Landscape Architecture for a project on the outskirts of Zurich, Switzerland. She's lectured worldwide and participates regularly as a jury member to competitions. Terragrams is very happy to welcome Gabriella Kiefer. Gabrielle, it's a real pleasure for you to join us for our show. Thank you. I'd like to start out by asking you to frame up and give us an idea about your project, which was recently selected as a finalist for the, the Biennale of Landscape Architecture. It's entitled Apfiker Park, and it's between the cities of Apfikon and Zurich, Switzerland. Um, and basically, it's an urban transformation, which... Why, why don't you tell us about, about the project? And first off, uh, congratulations for... Um, being selected as one of the the finalists. Thank you. Um, now, when we make the competition, we go to the area and we see only a um, large area without, without grass. And all people said, this is a expensive place of, of Europe. Between, it's so nearby the uh, Zurich airport. And the problem of this area is it's so a uh, real agglomeration, totally periphery, building structures very big like the airport and at the same time it looks like totally country, you see cows and all, it's very lovely. Yeah, and we think about what could be a park can do in this area and for us it was important to set a sign, a sign which you can remember because when you walk through this area, you can remember nothing. It's a totally mixture about all forms of nature, of buildings. And so it was clear it must be yeah, a big sign in this agglomeration. The clients like to have a park, a park with a promenade, a park with a sea. And with we see water. water. It's mm -hmm. very important in Switzerland. Uh, all the people like to go swimming after the work. And yeah, we say, okay, yeah, the people like to swim. And yes, yeah, the people in the north of Zurich also like a big sea. And so we combine the promenade and the sea together. We make a large, very geometric sea mm -hmm. into a promenade. And this promenade is built out of concrete. And so it looks like a large concrete sculpture with the sea. And it was a hard and a long discussion. We never believed to win the competition because mm. I think the Swiss landscape architecture is one of the best in Europe. Mm. But yeah, we have luck. And so we <laughs> built this concrete promenade with a large sea. And it works good. Also, people go swimming there. Oh, that's great. Yes. Is it a brand new neighborhood, or is this a, this component, this this concrete sculpture sea, is this also for some some older neighborhoods uh, adjacent? No, it's mixed with the Zurich end there, and there is uh, the television station of Switzerland, 
and also people from this television station come to walk through the park. Then we have yeah, a lot of inhabitants on the other side of the highway, they come, but it's a park for this new settlement. And the new settlement will be yeah, bigger than the existing town of Opfikon. Hmm. In Opfikon live 12,000 uh, people and the new settlement is for uh, seven 7,000 people to live and wow. 6,000 to work. So so it's a, a new town so which is bigger than the existing town. On this new promenade in C is actually one edge of a frame between a void and on the other side of the void are some uh, unused decommissioned sort yes. of treatment plants yes. and you've incorporated some <coughs> bridges across. Could you talk a little yeah. bit about these two components? The whole area is a hybrid from uh, urban atmospheres and rural atmospheres and so the park is also this hybrid. Mm -hmm. We have on the one side yeah, a wild area where is forest and we plant more forest. In, in between we have open space uh, along and then we have the urban side, this promenade. Mm -hmm. So that we see these three types, the totally uh, openness in the middle and the dense forest and the urban promenade, this together is a new hybrid at this uh, place. In the first phase of construction, were they able to construct all three of these pieces? Is the project intact? No, in the moment we, we make the border of this wild area, but they like to have yeah, like an event area where congresses, arts, exhibition and so on, and this needs time. So we have this wild area because this industrial area works in the moment. It's so a, a area treatment. to cleaning water yes. and some of this construction works in the yeah. moment. What's curious to me about this project and about some of your other work is that you're very considerate and attentive to the void or space in between in, in order to preserve this openness. Uh, the space that might be multifunctional or be able to take on many different programs in the future, mm -hmm. you uh, concentrate on the edge and on constructing a framework. Could you talk a little bit about the, the edge and what, what kind of tactics you use in making the edge in order to reinforce the, the void? We believe in identity or we think so in our world, uh, the identity is missing sometimes, and so it's important to make a different atmosphere and atmosphere of density and also of openness. So, and and I cannot imagine what will be important in two twenty years. So we also believe that we have some spaces which are open, and perhaps you can design and make more in, in 10 years or so. <laughs> but for us it's important to have a very clear difference between this atmosphere you need, and you need density, you need openness, you need sun, you need shadow, you need the urban thing, you like to see nature. And so we selected always these atmospheres and our parks are often parks out of different parks. One park, like Opticon, you have three parks in one park. We have another large park in, in Berlin Adlershof, and there's a real nature park, which stand. In Germany, we have this uh, nature reserve, 
evasion uh, rules and it's clear nobody can go in, it's forbidden to go in and at the other side we have active parks and then more lovely landscape parks so we always yeah, make this different atmosphere and the borders between are important it's not so in, in, in Optica Park, but perhaps in other parks, so the border between the active park and the nature park in the middle, yeah, we insinate really, so to, to see from the density, yeah, in the whiteness, so. In your Optica Park, the, the jury, I was reading in uh, some of the notes, that the jury praised the project for its courage to go towards the void. Yes. And so they really appreciated the, that space which was left, left in between the, the forests, your wooded islands and your sea promenade. But at the same time we make it like other landscape architects. When you have a classical park, you have a lawn with trees and we put all the trees together and mm -hmm. then we have a forest and an open lawn. So I, I think, yeah, it's the same of quantity of trees and lawn but we select it in another way so we, we like to have very clear atmospheres mm -hmm. so. mm. you're German and you've practiced and you studied in Berlin yes are you from Berlin no you're an implant yes <laughs> all, all people who live in Berlin are implanted <laughs> all come to study and then still stay but in fact, you, you've been in Berlin through the change, the real yes. uh, profound political change that happened at the end of the 80s. Yes. The falling down of the wall. Yes. And you understand Berlin, or you understand uh, urbanity with this uh, memory with the, of the wall potentially being separated by a very big void. Yes. Do you think that this memory, the memory of the, the void that wrapped around Berlin, do you think that that at all informs uh, subconsciously how you practice and how you think about landscape and its relationship to the city? Yeah. Very interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you live in Berlin during its time, it was so clear that are a forbidden area. You never can go. And so perhaps in my perception, it's clear that this area exists where you cannot go in. But if this is a matter that we design like we design, I, I don't think mm -hmm. so. When the city was in the process of filling up this gap after the wall came down mm -hmm. and during the aggressive period of development that happened when Potsdamer Platz mm -hmm. reconstructed and the wall disappeared, it was mm -hmm. erased. What were your feelings about that void, that sort of very profound void disappearing and it being filled up by, by the city? I think the most of the architects, urban planners and landscape architects say it's a big mistake to, to fill it completely. You cannot feel it no longer and we have only some places where you can feel the atmosphere and that is, is nothing in urban space. If you are in Berlin and you see a border of the houses on the one side and on the other and between is nothing, it's so special and I think it's not good that the urban planning will close this gap and mm -hmm. we have only some small areas where you can feel this mm -hmm. very special atmosphere. It's not the place where they preserved the piece of the wall, it's more of a No, it, a, a it's more so, yes, it's more so the void and the feeling from, yeah, so it's nothing, it's not planned, but it also 
not only sand it's it's mixed it's, it's it's yeah it's a very special feeling and also this length of, of the wall yeah this linearity and these two sides you have in east and west berlin always these two sides the east area sometimes was rich and the west was poor and yeah a cut in the city and now they close this cut and yeah i i think it's not good you have to to let some mm -hmm. from this gap is there still an east and a west of berlin or has this use or this graft has it been able to bring the two together and erase uh, that bipolar condition I think in the moment we a common city, so it's a question of the generation. All people, it's clear they are East Berlin or they are West Berlin, but the charm of Berlin are both sides. Mm. So and first, a lot of people have the problems. They said East Berlin would be the poor part of the town, but you have very expensive areas in in East Berlin. Mm -hmm. So. No, I think it's now. Now we have a common Berlin, and it's a living Berlin, and always it's changing where, so the young people live or where the art goes there. No, so I think now we are common. We mm -hmm. come. Mm -hmm. When the municipality of Berlin was filling this gap that existed between the walls, was there a dialogue? Was there, were there conversations in the design community about? Well, what could we do other than fill it up? That's a problem. It was no discussion. There were some exhibitions where architects like to say what would be a good thing, but administration began without discussion. And mm -hmm. I think they make a lot of mistakes. I think it would be better they began after the fall of the wall totally quickly to build and yeah, to, to, to let it be some years in this way and, and start later, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. And some areas need time, they need mm -hmm. also time. And the tourists come to see always linearity of the wall. It would be not bad to make nothing in some areas, mm -hmm. to let it still in this way. Right. Was it 1992 when you started your office? No, I, make my, no, I made my first competition at 1989, the year the, mm -hmm. the wall fall. And this was luck, I make a small competition for residential settlement and the wall fall and um, this, our governor said, okay, we build now 30,000 uh, flats. Mm -hmm. And this was my first project. So it was good for me <laughs> that the wall was fall. And then there were other projects in East Berlin. Berlin liked to make the Olympic Games. So, and this was 1990, yeah, and they invited very big offices like Bohigas and so from mm -hmm. Barcelona, and they invited one young office, and we were it, well, and we in ninety. Yeah, so and you were just and we won this, and we, we make so so the concept for the Olympic Games, right. and this, and my office was one year old, wow. <laughs> a very small <laughs> office. <laughs> and how did you feel at the time being in this uh, venue, being a woman, uh, having a young practice uh, amongst these very uh, much older, more experienced, uh, rather outspoken architects? 
No, it's also good if you have no experience, you are a little bit stupid and you ask stupid questions and sometimes it's good to ask <laughs> the <Right>. stupid questions. <laughs> because, you know, uh, Berlin and Olympic Games is a very political theme because we have the Olympic Games in the third. Right. Yes, and a lot of the older people don't like to discuss it and so and we always said, ask very stupid <laughs> <laughs> questions. Yeah. And it's easy to work as a young woman also if you're on construction site and you have the craftsmen and you say oh you're the old professional please say how it works it's easier to mm -hmm. be a woman in our profession mm -hmm. i think architects it's it's difficult to be a woman to be, it, yes mm -hmm. you see so star star architects yeah who are Tsushima, there are not so mm -hmm. many. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's a problem, I think, in architecture. Mm -hmm. In your monograph, mm -hmm. you organize a set of, I don't want to say manifestos, but a set of directives that describe the way you work as a practice. And it's subdivided into four categories. Separation, subtraction, context, and recombination. How did you come up with these four points in 2005? And in retrospect, how does they fit within your methodology as an office? I think it's our way of, of designing when we, we look at the place to look very detailed what's on this place. We, we separate the different elements, the different atmosphere to understand this place in and then we delete all what we say it's not special for the place where what you can have in the neighborhoods we, we are always searching for the real identity and and this we can only do to say okay what's on the place what you can throw away and then we are like to create also new pictures and to yeah, recombine this thing in a in another way so perhaps Opfika Park is at the, at the other side a t totally normal park. It has uh, passes and trees and grass and mm -hmm. water and concrete, but it's mixed or recombinates in mm -hmm. another way. For us it's important not to, to think in traditional pictures. Mm -hmm. So we try to think not in traditional pictures and only to think in pictures which come from the special place. So. Mm -hmm. You talk about mathematics and logic and order as being important in, in the early process of design. Could you explain a little bit more what you mean about mathematics and how that might affect the way you approach your, your landscape design? We like the profession of mathematics because it's very analytical and very logical. And in mathematics, you also look at the elements and make addition, make subtraction and these things. And I think we like to, to, to make very complex parks, which are at the same time very, very simple. To say one and one is two and this one park and the other park. And, and it's also the sub subtraction is very important because our world is so full of elements, of colors, of pictures. And so we search always to put all away, to subtract what 
you need not really. Mm -hmm. So and so it's yeah. So searching what you can put away and it stay a good design. And there's a point where it's not possible to put more away. Mm -hmm. So and we, we work very disciplined. We always go from a big uh, scale. So and we always like to think uh, in, in first in the urban scale. So we always start there and we go not there in the place and have an inspiration. It's not our office. Nobody goes there and say, oh, I have the idea. Mm -hmm. It's hard work of analysis to mm -hmm. come to our design. So your your good ideas are they're not born they're more Hard work. Pla planted. They are also discussed. We have a lot of discussion. We mm -hmm. have a lot of discussion with other professions mm -hmm. often. So we, we make often very mixed teams. Yeah, yet to to find so what could be mm -hmm. the identity? What is the identity? Mm -hmm. What could be the new identity? And what could be a design you you remember? So and yeah, with very clear and reduced, mm -hmm. simple. Mm -hmm. so. You have an office of 15 or 20 yes, so professionals? Mm -hmm. And how do these discussions happen in the office? Now we discuss a lot. So we often, when we were invited to competition, half of the team goes to the place and make photos and feel the ghost of the area and the other don't go. And then we always discuss and we make lots of solutions always so mm -hmm. we and then we throw away that's where the subtraction so comes in the subtraction and we discuss a lot what what could it be and we have projects which are not so important for the world and other projects i think so can can do something you cite in your book that there are three three real big influences in your work one okay. of the american landscape architect Dan Kiley, the second Swiss landscape architect Dieter Kinas, who neither of which are with us any longer, and the third, a, a British composer, Michael Nyman. Yes. Could you talk a little bit mm -hmm. about um, how these two landscape architects and mm -hmm. this composer mm -hmm. uh, uh, affect your work? Now, I was impressed from Dan Kiley because he was a designer and at the same time he wrote a pamphlet. Should be urban, what should be rural, and he make very clear atmospheres. He worked with strong images always. He mixed not up the trees; it was clear. So magnolias, also forest, and his Miller garden is also a hybrid out of park and garden mm -hmm. and geometric baroque and landscape. So, uh, so he was very structured so in his work, and and he also mixed natural elements and built elements and he fear not geometric mm. so so I was so impressed from his work and what he say and Dieter Kinas was one of the, the most important landscape architects in, in, in Europe I met him when I was very young and so in my university our teacher always say landscape all landscape architecture are good all landscape design is good and I met him and it was clear there are good landscape <laughs> designs and bad and I was totally astonished okay and he was a hard fighter for simplicity mm -hmm. clearness and totally reduced in his work but his works are very poetic and I, I like it and he reduced you make one wall one water line and he think always in urban dimensions mm -hmm. so Michael Nyman he all 
We also mixed traditional music, or no, no, not he mixed traditional music. It's wrong. So, so he he knows a lot about traditional music, and we combine it in a new way. And sometimes it's very silent music, or it's uh, repetitive music. Mm -hmm. So, and I think also we work a lot of repetitive. What what means yeah, when we have a, a large park, some things like benches, like material, always come again. Very reduced, very strong, very puristic music sometimes, but also with some highlights. So, mm -hmm. And so where we hope sometimes we have also when we <laughs> need it. So it's, nah, my English is too bad to explain no, it real. Do, are there any scores that you could, um, that you could give us so that our listeners could perhaps refer to some of his work? From Michael Nyman? Yes. Now, this is the most well-known is his film music from the piano, from Gattaca. Mm. He's also yeah, so all over the world known, but he makes a lot of experimental music. <laughs> so there is his um, study, the man who mistook his wife with a head from Oliver Sacks, mm -hmm. this neurologer and it's wonderful chamber operas. Yeah, you, perhaps you have, you hear the music. So my wish is always I can go to him and say, please make a music for my part. That's my <laughs> dream. Have you had the chance yet? I met him two times and, and it was the first time in 20 years of work in my office that I made one week free without holidays in another country to go one week to a symposium of him mm -hmm. to learn uh, composing music. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and have you made any music? Or were you regularly thinking about how to apply it to making landscapes? Yes, so he have in, in this symposium he discussed uh, about making his film music and he made a lot of um, music for Peter Greenaway and Peter Greenaway let him make the music and then he cut the film. And uh -huh. I think you can compare it a little bit with urban planning and landscape. Mm -hmm. What is the first? Some right. architects or some urban planner right. said, okay, make first the landscape and I react. And Peter Greenaway's films are very experimental, very surreal sometimes. And it's come yeah, from the decision that the music first, so yeah, they set the way and the, the pictures come after. And so you can, yeah, you can compare it a little bit. You are listening to Terragrams, and our guest is Gabriela Kiefer. Ms. Kiefer is a landscape architect and the founder of the Bureau Kiefer in Berlin. I've recently read that your work in the past years has been evolving from, or the types of types of projects have been evolving from more typical park commissions to projects that involve re-rethinking the way we use military bases or industrial landscapes. How has this new project <clears throat> how has this new project typology affected the way you think about your work and are there any really specific things that you're learning from um, the research in reclaiming these landscapes that you're able to apply to your bigger practice at Puro Kiefer? Mm -hmm. 
these former industrial areas yeah gives the chance because it's always very large areas so that's that's a good thing and to design these areas you have always find a mixture to remember the past and to yeah remember the future at the same time and you you cannot create a, a, a new space without the history and I think that's also an interesting thing and you have totally another forms of nature inside so so there are other forests there are other plants the other materials and also in in these areas yeah nobody will say to you make a lovely landscape mm -hmm. because it's totally clear that this area was made from manhood and so it's clear you can do real yeah manhood design not to to make a lovely looking mm -hmm. former landscape who is also never existing so mm -hmm. yeah and to think so what's the history what's the, the real thing and always i think landscape architects always have to think so in which time we work to remember the past mm -hmm. but which of the past that's the question yes. and how you can make future and but i also can mute future yeah to think in 10 or 20 years in by function so sometimes you have open space usings which are very in but in 10 years nobody longer make it mm -hmm. so so i think that's a problem in our very quickly living uh, world to, to make a park who needs a lot of years to grow mm -hmm. and at the same time you have a society who's changing every year right. so to, to find this mixture that's a uh, trees can grow and you have in 15 years a wonderful park but when the society change yeah that they also can use this park and have has the scale of these new these sites has that changed a little bit the way you think and maybe the detachment from a typical urban or village context it changed now i think the most of office starts with very small projects and so the architecture and 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 the city is very important if you work in in such landscape large scales the city becomes very small and so so it's clear both have the right to exist landscape and 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 town and two parts not two sides of the same so perhaps you have not so many respect against town and architecture so because you you make totally new spaces with these areas which are bigger than some existing cities can you tell us a little bit about in these in these bigger scale projects about the new any new forms of nature that you're you might be thinking about or trying to construct or experimenting with in new form of nature now it's it's also a mixture between this yeah existing nature and the new one perhaps a very simple recombined re re a, a, a simple uh, example is on our large park in Adlershof you have in neighborhood you have existing forest so and there are the mixed trees you have and we separate these trees and make it yeah not mixed here is a 
he is a bird, she is an oak, and we be separated and make one uh, areas with needle trees and one not. And so you have the same elements, yeah? So it's ecological, but the feeling in the space, in the forest, is totally another one. Or in which way you, you work with the, 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 the earth. In Optrika Park, yeah, we, 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 we make this, uh, this hole for the sea and we find sand, we find gravel, we find where you clay. can dance, clay, so, and we separate it and then we have a sand beach, we have gravel sites, we, uh, with the clay we, we make the sea dance, with the earth we make, um, so a wall, so also we separate this mm -hmm. element did you always. Know, did you know this was coming or was it a discovery during the construction? Now we know a little bit mm -hmm. that this was coming, but we know not exactly how many from right. every Thing. But you had already programmed it and, into the... And we like that we, uh, yeah, that we make it perfect, that nothing goes from the construction mm -hmm. side and nothing come into the construction side. And so we changed during the construction uh, process a little bit the design mm -hmm. to, to have it. And so this is, yeah, perhaps this separation and the new recombination mm -hmm. always with by trees, by, by so uh, earth and these things, and to have other feeling of space. Uh, mm -hmm. so. And was it, were you successful in keeping all of the all of the material on the site? Yes, yes. And no, it's it's also I think today you have to work also in an economic way, mm -hmm. and this is one of this, or that we make is see that is totally autark, that costs no money. Mm -hmm. so for maintenance. I think so, so today yeah, we, we have lost clear pictures, what is a garden, what is a park. We search for a special identity and we say a park must be okay, good looking, so also the aesthetic, it must be function, all the different people have to feel good in the space. It must be ecological, it's very important in German and I'm convinced that's very important, but it must also be uh, a good economic thing. When mm. we will build a lot of parks, we have to convince the clients that a good park, uh, yeah, cost at the first money, but it's good for the whole space. Mm -hmm. So these are those four points. Mm. And it must be always a statement for the urban structure. So you did quite a bit of teaching. Uh, yes. You have done quite a bit of teaching. Are you still teaching? I teach at the Technical University of Braunschweig, urbanism and landscape architecture. I can imagine that you can uh, talk about the functional and the ecological and also the beautiful while you're teaching. Is it possible to talk about the economic during university studies of a landscape architect? Yes, yes, yeah, for this, uh, that you s discuss with the students and teach this economical mm. thing. No, I think, yes, mm. it's important because it's a, yeah, it's a, a better park when, yeah, the costs are very effective. So, and yeah, perhaps I made last year first time a, a course, uh, yeah, of the ruled, 
in which way we can earn money so mm -hmm. and it was named how you uh, could be rich <laughs> and all the students come they are very interested in the in in money yeah, it yeah. seems yes <laughs> does it work can you can you have a, a critical design studio and make a good business i think yes but it 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 costs experience it last time so, so you have to look first to the young students or you know, or when we start in the office first we only like to design mm -hmm. I think so yeah. then in, in Germany you have to work ecological and yeah it's experience and sometimes yeah you say it's a perfect project because yeah it, it's think about money we make one uh, large master plan for ooh, what's What's the English word? Where's as a big ship? A ship, shipyard. Shipyard, and um, it was a real big area in uh, Rostock, North Germany, and they began uh, a Swedish company without architect, without landscape architect, and it's not possible in Germany. And yeah, the former use was this shipyard, and they said they like to build the newest uh, the modern shipyard of the future and we said it could be only uh, a good thing if they don't put the old things away and rebuild out of this uh, old things a new landscape mm -hmm. so and i think that's it, it would be easy to make a new landscape to throw all this, this, this poison away but we built with a poison plants mm -hmm. Cape a new landscape. Mm -hmm. I, so I think that's important. Yeah. Are there any? Um, is there anything that teaching should focus on more now that it hasn't focused on in the past? What should the students really learn that they're that they're that we're not teaching or just starting to teach? Now I I can speak for for. Germany and in Germany so, so after the Second World War um, nobody think about landscape architecture yeah, we have to build new flats then we have the ecological discussion nobody think about design and then the design starts and all like only to make yeah good-looking gardens and courtyards and parks and uh, I think students have to learn to think it's uh, what they do so, so discussion and uh, and so I have to think always in so uh, urban scale, so, and not to 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 make this traditional pictures. I have to think what are the new pictures for the, the the place and what is nature and what is urban and which material as well to, to think so because in our profession yeah the last years we have a lot of good looking parks and courtyards but not important for the world mm -hmm. so we have to, to to learn more thinking in our profession so our public spaces need to be more than just beautiful Yes. You and Udo Wallecker, Udo Weilacher, yes, have co-founded a gallery entitled Aedes Land. Yes. And the point is to highlight the most important p 
positions that landscape architecture and urban planning are taking. And you open this this exhibit last year, uh, this this gallery, or you started this project last year, I believe. Yes. Uh, with uh, exhibitions from Vogt, yes. uh, the Office of Vogt Landscape uh, from Switzerland, Jim Corner's Field Operations um, from, from New York, Charles Jenks from the UK, and I, we, we from Beijing. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about uh, how the gallery is going and um, and how it's being, how it's being, uh, what kind of reactions you're having from from the architectural community in Berlin? The gallery is a good thing to to make landscape architecture more more public. It's the gallery lies in the area where a lot of tourists go, and they often come into the gallery. Also, the normal people. And I think Berlin is a town is a town of landscape architecture. We have uh, Peter Josef Lenné who built a lot of our city. We have a lot of very good landscape architects here, uh, yeah, in Berlin. And so it must be a public discussion about landscape yeah, in so big town like like Berlin. And the architects they come and look and it's for us it's important to 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 have exhibition from so big office like like yeah James Corner and mm -hmm. so so that's how landscape architecture is discussed all over the world but it's a hard thing because landscape architecture have not so much money like architects <laughs> often and yeah, we hope it will still goes on. We have the university in Berlin for landscape architecture, so it's good for the students. I think it's real good for the public because the gallery lies at the perfect place and normal people come in. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's also important. Unlike, unlike landscape architecture. Yeah, and, and they look and sometimes <laughs> they understand not and then yeah. they ask and there's always a person who can explain it and there's always a catalog over every... Mm -hmm exhibition but we like to to continue and to have more discussions so mm -hmm. not only to show the work of a landscape architect more to have more discussions and also with the uh, administration of berlin mm -hmm. so, so my dream is to convince the administration of berlin that we promote more lands berlin as a town of landscape architecture we have a lot of good new projects like mm -hmm. Potsdamer Square and the whole areas of the government and you build good areas from landscape architects and in Berlin built a lot of international landscape architects. So the mm -hmm. Germans are very open with the competition. So all over the world come landscape architects who, who build uh, in Berlin. Do you think that the the, the administration, uh, the government will be open to open to supporting your project? No, I I hope so. We, we have a, a big change in the administration and here we sit in the moment in Barcelona and you see at Barcelona what how important it was with mm -hmm. the public space. The, Barcelona became through the open space in your town. So I, mm -hmm. And I think a little bit the same could happen in Berlin. And it's not only the designed landscape. We have a lot of this off-culture spaces <laughs> where people yeah, go to our river of Spree and have the, all the beach clubs and swimming pools in the Spree. And 
So it's a town who lives totally in the summer from the open space. Mm -hmm. And for us, we have no no industry, so we need tourism. And I think so landscape, architecture, good public spaces are important for Mm -hmm. tourists. Mm -hmm. You've spent much of the week in Barcelona, and you've had a chance to, well, to present your project, but also 10 of your peers presented their projects as the finalists to the Landscape Biennale, the fifth Landscape Biennale. After seeing this, uh, these projects, a few of which you hadn't seen before, how do you place your own work into a context of, of uh, this group of uh, 11? And okay. <laughs> are you going to go back to Berlin with some uh-huh. um, uh, a different way to look at your own work? A little bit, yes. Uh, on one side, so I'm convinced that what we do is good. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but on the other side, so I was impressed from some lectures, like from just this comp who, yeah, who is so authentic and so he's searching and searching and he can tell one hour about about one stone. And he doesn't like any passion. <laughs> What he doesn't there's he doesn't lack any passion. He's uh-huh. very passionate about. So, uh, okay, <laughs> yes, okay. A lot of people always said so. We are very so so very trying our design without yeah poesy or yeah without passion. So <laughs> and so so I was so imp- impressed so from the other landscape architects who can talk about one stone one hour and so I asked <laughs> do I miss it is it necessary <laughs> so and and for me it's a question because we saw a lot of uh, project in different scales and what are so the main tasks of, of, of the profession so it's imp- I was also impressed from there was this uh, small project in Switzerland <laughs> so with uh, industrial building and you have a green roof and you have a green wall around first everybody thinks we such a small project but it's so important because this industrial errors destroys the landscape mm-hmm. and so small project it's so important and, and I think so, so, so you can learn a lot about yeah, these lectures about the projects from the other and I think so it's not important if the scale is big or small, but but yeah, if it's important and change something. Mm-hmm. I, we saw some projects. I think they're good, good looking, good make, wonderful design, but it changed not the world. And some change a little bit the world. Mm-hmm. So, and this project impressed me. Mm-hmm. What do you do for fun when you're not making landscapes? I hear music. I go to opera. I I learn piano. That's hard <laughs> to learn piano, but yeah, a lot of music. I like cooking, mm-hmm. cooking with my friends. Two lovely cats. And how do you keep landscape from overtaking all of these other passions that you have? My first lectures, I I compared my projects always with cooking. Mm-hmm. So this is a paella project. This is a spaghetti project. This these things. And yeah, music, I like Wagner, Tristan and Isolde, but I think I don't like to design such uh, imp- 
project like this Wagner opera. Mm -hmm. I think this goes not together. But I, I think also music is <clears throat> very important in the world because yeah, you have a lot of different cultures. If Vienna perhaps is the town where not the public space changes the town, but the music scene, mm -hmm. the electronic scene. And it's it's a scene you can speak all over the world. So to wrap up our conversation, how do you see your work evolving in the next ten years? The work of Bureau Kiefer? <laughs> in the moment I'm a little bit unsure if it's possible to teach, to hold lectures, to give juries and to have an office. So that's one thing. I think if you work 20 years, you have to decide which way you will go on. I prefer more the larger scales. And it's not so easy to, to make this project in the office. It's more easy to make this searching in the university. Mm. I think it's very important more to, to, to look for industrial areas and for periphery areas. It's not my interest no longer I make it but but to make yeah nice nice gardens nice so so so, so the inner city I think it's not so interesting like the, the border from mm -hmm. city to landscape mm -hmm. and I think it's important that we think a new way of landscape planning in Germany landscape planning deals only with surfaces and not with design. To learn to design is in these large scales. Like Peter Josef Linné, he designed in large scales mm -hmm. and this we lost in Germany. So to have one region and to say what is so this, this thing for landscape, uh, yeah, for this region, so to, I think yeah, in this way. But I believe that it's not so easy to do it in an office. It's easier to do mm -hmm. these things in university. And so I have to think about how... How uh, you can try to position yourself to yes, make the, yes. the difference at the scales mm -hmm. that you're uh, curious yeah, yeah. and that you mm -hmm. think need most attention. Mm. And the, at first time we were very international. So the, the office was totally mixed. And when you build a lot of things, then you need German-speaking people. Yeah. And but I prefer this totally international office. It makes more fun. This is the different cultures, and that makes more fun. So yeah, yeah I will see. Perhaps we <laughs> met in ten years, and then you can ask again. <laughs> well, <I'll> ask you <laughs> again. Good. Well, it's been fantastic having you in our project, and good luck with your the next 10 years to come. Thank you. Yeah, thank you also. Also good luck. Thank you. You are listening to Tyrograms, and our guest is Gabriela Kiefer. Ms. Kiefer is a landscape architect and the founder of Bureau Kiefer in Berlin. Paragrams has not been financed by an academic institution nor a private organization and relies exclusively on contributions from listeners like you. Your support assures that you, your studio, faculty body, colleagues, and classmates can continue to benefit from our growing and open archive as well as our forthcoming discussions.
All donations count. If you have enjoyed the Terragrams initiative and are looking forward to our upcoming dispatches, please go to our homepage at terragrams.com and select Donate. This will lead you to the PayPal site for an online contribution. Otherwise, please contact me directly at info at for alternate forms or methods of support. Thank you for joining us for the 23rd Dispatch of Terragrams. Join us soon for conversations with Barcelona-based Greek landscape architect Maria Gula, landscape historian and theorist Mark Tribe, and New York-based landscape architect Matthew Rubansky from the office of Michael Van Valkenburg Associates. To find out more about Terragrams and sign up for our next deliveries, please visit our website at terragrams.com or subscribe to us using iTunes. Special thanks to the books for their wonderful and very cool music. You can expose yourself more to the books at thebooksmusic.com. This concludes our 23rd delivery of Terragrams. Thank you for listening. And I was busy looking for another job, and I also have a heart condition, and I told him I have a heart condition. I said, here, take a few dollars. I'm sorry this happened to you, just but just leave me alone. I'm not the person who, who deposited us. Uh, myself, April, Tammy, and Brad. Rainbow, 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 rainbow